0: We welcome you to the media ministry of Denton Bible Church. Joel, I, that last song made you kind of want to get up and march, didn't it? It was a marching song, so that was good. How fitting that is uh, with what we're going to look at tonight, the, the faithfulness and the commitment to keep on keeping on. Uh, before we start a new series, I'm going to be talking with our staff uh, this week, Lord willing, and talking about our direction for our evening service. Got some things that I and some have been praying about, and we'll we'll uh, uh, get feedback from the rest. But uh, it's just good to have you here this evening. We're thankful. If any of you are new, you, you don't get our emails, we would love for you to, right outside these doors, get uh, Jared, who made the announcements tonight, fill out a visitor's card. I'll put you on the list, so you'll get an email from me every week, and I'd just love to have you do that and... Because we want to let you know how, we count it very valuable that you are with us. And we don't take that uh, for granted. I love to see the little babies back there. Look at that beautiful girl back there. Isn't she? Yeah, I'm glad everybody's feeding well and love to see her. And visitors to the church, just God bless you. Thinking about uh, the passage that was read to us, and I want to have you look at another Verse this beginning of our year uh is always a good time i don't do new year's resolutions because i don't get by new year's eve almost until i have already planned on when i was going to stop doing them but but it is good to take a time when the new year rolls around to reflect and to to consider count the cost to look forward to plan and to pray and ask god new directions and Uh, But one of the things as you do that, we always have to be knowledgeable that we need to keep the main thing the main thing. We live in a world today that if you don't entertain someone, if you don't become innovative, if you don't have smoke and mirrors and something brand new that excites them above what they have had all week long in their stimulation of everything, people think that uh, I'll go find somewhere that will um, cater to me that way. And that's not what the church is all about. We are to... Look forward to new things for the Holy Spirit. His mercies are new every morning. His direction guides us in wonderful new places. But we've got to hold fast to the old. And with that is a word called devotion, a word called commitment. And so I'm very grateful uh, for Denton Bible Church. I'm very thankful for, uh, grateful for all of you who are faithful to this service. Uh, some of you go to the, uh, the morning service. Thank you for those that are... Very faithful to all that you do i've got a friend who I uh, just talked to a few days ago. We grew up together, and I remember the day he got a job. I was going into the ministry and he began working for a utility company and he just retired a few days ago uh, from the same job after forty two years. Now, we still feel forty two he and I we but uh, that's not the reality, but I remember the day that he got that job and he was faithful at one job for 42 years, and he's just now retired from that company and started another, another career, actually. Commitment, devoted. Uh, he was one, had a great work ethic. He always did, and I just, I just honor him. You don't hear that very much today. You hear people going from one career, one job to another, and that's okay, but, but he was very devoted and committed, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, I look back there and I I see the Kerrigan family. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. Uh, You had a homecoming this week. Uh, Miss Kerrigan, wife, mother, grandmother, is home with Jesus. And uh, in the midst of those tears that you have because of the great loss that you have, is also the wonderful, uh, the knowledge and the assurance that you have that she's with Jesus. And... And so thank you for being here. I think about, Wayne, and your commitment to to uh, your business that you had all those years, but also uh, the church that started in your living room and how faithful you've been to the sweat team here at our church, the rest of you families being faithful. That was Hannah up here playing the, the, the drums. Wayne, can you play like that? I think he's laughing back there, but... Uh, Thank you for your faithfulness. God honors that. I want you to look with me, though, before we go back to Acts chapter 2. At Matthew 16, verse 18, a great verse, Matthew 16, Jesus is speaking to Peter. One of the times that he calls him Simon Bar-Jonah, Bar, when you see that in a name, it means son, Bar-Jonah means son of Jonah, Bar-Mitzvah, Bar, son of the commandment, Mitzvah. So he says in in verse 17, Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, that Jesus was the Son of, of God, but my Father which is in heaven. And then he makes this great, wonderful statement that I want us to examine for a few moments. He says, I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, Christ living inside of him, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I want you to focus in on that phrase there. I will build my church. Uh, As as you've probably heard many sermons and and lessons taught on that phrase. I love to preach about that. We don't have time very much tonight, but I want to want you to think about that that phrase. What Jesus did not say there. What he did not say there. Uh, He did not say, You will build my church talking to Peter. Because Peter couldn't build a church. Peter couldn't take care of himself. Would you agree with that? As you study in the scriptures, he had a hard time taking care of himself. I always laugh and think about, that's why at the cross, Jesus didn't say, oh, Peter wasn't there, but he didn't say, go find Peter and tell him to take care of my mother. He was not gonna do that. He didn't have confidence in that. But he said, he did not say, you will build my church. He said, I The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is his church. He is the head. I know that's easy to say that. But he truly is the head of every true church. And he is the one who began the church, builds the church, sustains the church, and will eventually take his church home. Uh, As that beautiful song said, we're almost home, almost home. I love that song. He did not say... Uh, the next word, he said, "I will build my church." He didn't say, "I might build my church." He didn't say, "I should build my church." He said, "I will," and that is an affirmative. That is a yes. That is a, that is a commitment that Jesus is making there to say he will do something. The Scripture in, in many places says, "May." There are all uh, all types of conditional statements in the Bible. If you do this, then this will happen. God has some uh, covenants that he made with man that are unconditional. He has some covenants that are conditional. If you do this, then I will do this. So this is not a condition here. This is an affirmative. Jesus said, I will. And as he said at at the last part of that, hell's not going to stop him. There's nothing that the devil and all of his demons... and He could gather up all the forces of evil all around the world. Enemies of the cross. Everyone that that is walking a path that is against God. All the power that he can muster cannot stop Jesus from doing that phrase. I, Jesus, will. It's an affirmative. It's as good as done. In fact, when John was sitting on that Isle of Patmos... ...writing that beautiful mystery of Revelation... As he wrote the things that have been, the things that are, and the things that will be, he would write, and then the Holy Spirit through him wrote, it is done. What tense is that? All of you remember your grammar? That's past tense. Only God can write about the future in past tense. Because there's nothing that can stop him from doing that. I will. I take great comfort in that. Jesus said, I, excuse me, I will build. That's another insight. He didn't say, I'm going to twitch my nose, wiggle my ears, raise my hand, and just build a church. I'm I'm not going to just create one out of nothing. God made the earth and the the sands of uh, of the seashore. He made the oceans. He made the trees, skies, sun, moon. By his word, he made man all the animals. He spoke it into being. But here Jesus said, I will build. There's going to be a process. There is going to be... Uh, a continuing work that Jesus said he will do. And then he said, I will build your church. No, he never said he would build my church, pointing to myself. Uh, Wherever you're at, those that might be listening to us, thank you for tuning in online and and the other rooms around the building. Uh, That's where mankind many times in many places has, has failed because someone wanted to build their church. They wanted their name on the sign. They wanted their name, their personality, their uh, celebrity to be the main thing, the main thing. And that's not what Jesus said. The main thing has to be the main thing. I, Jesus, will, affirmative, build. I'm gonna do a work. It is a process. I will build. And then he says, my. Jesus owns his church. He has possession of it. He is a personal savior. He didn't say, I will build the church. He didn't say, I will build a church. Words are important, aren't they? If I came up to you and I pointed at a woman, I said, there is a wife. You wouldn't know much more about her. But if I said, that is a wife, you still wouldn't know much more about her. But if I said, that is my wife," All of a sudden, you would know a little bit more information. And Jesus said, I will build not a church, not the church. He could have said that, but he said, I'll build my church. And then the last part of it, he said, I'm going to be building a church. I'm not going to be building a country club. I'm not going to be building a social get together place. I'm not going to be building an empire where people can get rich off of the money that is given. I'm, I will, Jesus will affirmative build the process of his workmanship. My, that possessive pronoun, church. Iglesia. It is the church. It is the body of Christ here on this earth, representing the bride that will go to be with Jesus someday. So I wanted you to have that in mind as you turn back with me to Acts chapter 2, please. Jesus said, I'll build my church. And in so doing, he keeps the main thing, the main thing. As we start here in January, we wonder, are we letting Christ, we can't stop him, but are we being a part of it? Are we taking uh, joy in it? Are we serving along with him in it, his church? Are we thankful? Are we a part of this church that Jesus said, I will build? He is committed. He is devoted. He is keeping the main thing, the main thing. It comes about to us. So in this passage that uh, Jared read to us in Acts chapter 2, of course, the context of this, the Holy Spirit has been given. Jesus had told his disciples, uh, he has been with you, but he shall be in you. They began to speak, these apostles did, in languages they had never learned because people from all over the world had gathered to, to Jerusalem. And all of a sudden they heard Peter and James and John and Philip and these men who, who were unlearned in these languages start speaking a language they had never uh, spoken before and never, never studied. And one person would hear, hey, they're, they're talking about God and I understand them. Uh, I went back to a funeral, unfortunately, of a godly woman yesterday in the town where I grew up. She, to this day, is the greatest children's teacher I've ever known. Uh, she, she just truly is. Wonderful, faithful. Uh, one of the men speaking said, you know, this is not a hard funeral to do. And it wasn't because she is also already home. But I have to admit, although it's only two and a half hours away from here, I walked back into that place, and those people had an accent. Can you believe that? I only lived there for about uh, 48 years of my life, but they had an accent. I speak differently than I did uh, when I I moved here 14 years ago, and I thought, did I sound like that? And many people that I know say, yes, you do. But you know what? It would have only taken me about five minutes, and I could have been right back there speaking like they were because that had been my home for so many years. I heard them. I heard them in my language. I understood them. Well, the gift of speaking in tongues there that God gave spoke to that whole crowd. They gathered together, and that was the purpose of it, for unbelievers to hear a miraculous sign, and they got together, and they're like this. And then Peter opens his mouth in in Acts chapter 2. And he begins to preach Jesus to them. Thousands of people get saved after that service. We had two people pray to receive Christ the other night here. I was so grateful. Can you imagine what it would be like to have 3,000 people in one day come to know Jesus? Wouldn't that be wonderful? It got them to hear the preached word. That's the context and the setting where we we are at right now. In Acts chapter 2... Beginning with verse 42. 3,000 people have gotten saved. They were baptized. They're brand new believers, brand new Christians. Some of them, because of their stand for Christ, are going to lose their job. They're going to lose their houses. They're going to lose their livelihoods. Some of them are going to lose family members and relationships because of their stand for Christ. And I want to describe to you what this church that Jesus said, I'm going to build, what it looked like when it started. And I want to ask us all here tonight, beginning with me, are we keeping the main thing, the main thing? Are we still that church that started 2,000 years ago? Are we, do we look like them? Let's take a, uh, this picture as we look in beginning of verse 42. They, the believers, remember they got a lot of people now that, They need to take care of, they need to assimilate, they need to connect, they need to serve, and then teach them how to serve also. They were, first of all, continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Those are four pillars of a healthy church. That's how the church started. When Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, these are four things that should be in that church. I've known some churches that were really good at a couple of them. I've known some churches that were really good at three of them. I've known some churches that were really good at one of them. But that is not enough if we leave out some of these pillars of the way the church started. He said that the church was continually devoting themselves. They were committed. There was a commitment to the apostles' teaching. Now remember, right now, revelation is still being given. God is revealing his word to these apostles as they write the New Testament. That's not the same way he does for us today. He illumines his word that we have here. They received direct revelation from God to write this New Testament that you and I have. So that church continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching. That's the word, that's the doctrine, that is the Bible, the preaching and teaching. Uh, Can you imagine what it was like to hear Paul preach a message or Peter or Philip, uh, the, the apostle John, preach to us, John. We want to hear what God has to say. So they continued, in the apostles' teaching, every church needs a litmus test. Are we being faithful to the word of God being taught? Are we being faithful to the same word that was given, this New Testament that you and I have, the Old Testament also, But we are under the New Testament now. Are we being faithful? That's one of the pillars. We need to check our stitches of our flag. We need to make sure that we're keeping the main things, the main things. I believe Denton Bible is faithful to the teaching of God's Word. In fact, so much that when when Tommy may teach uh, or preach a little sermon that... Little sermon. He doesn't preach little sermons, does he? Uh, A very in-depth sermon that, that is more of a topical sermon... I've heard people say before, oh, I just wish Tommy would just just preach the Bible. Where have you been the other 51 weeks out of the year? (laughs) Because I know no one that exposits the scripture any more than he does. This is a Bible church and not just in sign uh, uh, out in front, but it is a Bible church. And if you're visiting here tonight and maybe you belong to another church, I pray that you belong to a Bible church. It may not be called that, but a church that holds fast to the Bible, the doctrine, the teaching of God's Word. So that's number one, the apostles' teaching. Then they continued in fellowship. That is doing life together. It's the family of God enjoying life together. If we don't like each other down here, how are we going to be ready to, to like each other up there? We need to love each other. We need to do life together. That doesn't mean we're perfect. You're going to see me fail. You're going to see me mess up. I always had people in the church that I pastored for lots of years before. and I would be preaching about something and I would say, and and Moses built that ark. And after the service, here they came. They just had to come and say, do you realize what you said? And I said, probably not. Uh, my wife will probably straighten me out when I get home. You said Moses built an ark. I always try to twist it around. Well, I didn't mean he built the ark. He rode in one. A little ark of bulrushes, you know, that uh, I try to twist it and make it. But then I had to give up and say, no, I mess up. I say the wrong thing sometimes. I think I might have told you in 1979, I, it was the first time I got to preach a, a, an Easter service. And not too many years after that, right in the middle of describing the cross of Calvary and the suffering that Jesus is going through. And that is a very serious thing. And I do not make light of that. I love my Lord and savior Jesus. And every one of those stripes, there's a song I heard this week. The only scars in heaven are not going to be on you and me. They're going to be on him. But I was remember I was I remembered describing that suffering and pain that Jesus went through, and I talked about the 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 whip on his uh, his back and the pulling of his beard and the buffeting the Roman soldiers that would hit him in the face, and I said and they twisted a, a this out of uh, briars and they they put a they put a thrown of corns on his head, and everybody laughed. You know they were kind of used to me anyway, but a thrown of corns. Do you know that for 30 years after that on Easter, I couldn't help but almost say those same words? It was stuck in there. And I couldn't, I would have to stop and say, and they put on Jesus' head, I say it right, a crown of thorns. Because I mess up. But we need to continue in fellowship. We need to eat together. We need to laugh together. We need to cry together. We need to, yeah. when our kids have an accomplishment, we need to say, that's great. We need to continue in fellowship. And by the way, we need to have more fellowship after this service on Sunday night some. We're looking forward to that. They continued in the apostles' teaching and in fellowship in breaking of bread. This and right below that, when it talks about breaking of bread, it is referring to communion there that we're gonna have tonight. But it's also gonna say they're eating and taking their meals from house to house. When there was great persecution in the early part of the church, communion was not only uh, always served in a synagogue, they served it a lot of the times in people's homes. So when it talks about breaking the bread, it's talking about mainly communion in people's homes, but also what were called love feasts. They were meals that they ate together. Some of the sweetest times I've had in, in a lot of years of ministry is eating together as uh, the people of God. I've told you about those two sweet ladies that are in heaven now. They watched every time we had that uh, potluck dinner and all the deviled eggs and and the banana pudding was gone. I'd always eat last. I wanted everybody else to eat and they were always gone and they were my two favorites. And these two ladies noticed that. and So every time from then on, we had a... Potluck dinner everybody would go through and I was the last one sure enough, you know You can see when those deviled eggs are not there because the, that little plate that holds them all it's empty But those sweet ladies would go to the cupboard where they had hidden Some deviled eggs and some banana pudding and right before I stepped up to the table here they appeared. And I told them you have a special place in heaven. I know I don't know about that calling them deviled eggs in heaven, but anyway They continued in breaking of bread, fellowship, and in prayer. A church that doesn't pray is begging for something without asking the right person to answer. We need to pray. We need to be people that pray. We need to be a church that prays. And we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. The Bible has prayer, scheduled prayer, that has been going on for decades because we realize we can't get by without prayer. So the church was continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking in bread and prayer. That is a commitment. That is a devotion. And you and I need to check us, our, our lives. We need to check this service. Are we doing the same? Are we keeping the main thing, the main thing? Look with me there. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Can you imagine what it was like there to see those miracles? These are first century miracles that God was doing through the apostles to confirm that they were from him. They were signs to confirm that these were the ones sent by God. Signs didn't save anybody. They were to confirm, listen to these men because they are from me. And when Peter or Philip or or, or, um, Paul would do, later on Paul would do a, a miracle, it was to draw the people to hear the preached word and to confirm that God was among them. And because they were watching these signs and wonders, everyone was feeling a sense of awe. How many of you here tonight have been on the beginning of a church? You were on the beginning. I I knew you were, Wayne. And who else? Anybody ever been on the beginning? You have been. Isn't Isn't it a wonderful time? It is a great time. You have been too. God bless you. Yes. It's a sweet time because everybody's on their knees and praying and they're all humble and asking God to build this church and seeking his direction, what would you have us to do? And I know some churches that begin in, in homes like, uh, like Wayne's did. And I know some that begin in meeting in schoolhouses, uh, the Optimist Gym here for Denton Bible, and you had to get there early. I remember uh, having to get there early on a Sunday morning to a building and they'd had all kinds of things going on in that building on Saturday night. So I had to mop all the floors and clean out all the different places and clean up for Sunday morning service. But it was a great time. It was a fun time. There was awe. Because you knew something was happening that was bigger than you. God was working and he was building a church. And it's a sweet time together. And it said, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. (coughs) Excuse me. I I want to clarify something. There are people that take this out of context and want to talk about the early church was communist. That is not the case at all. They did not take away from everyone and redistribute. In the book of Acts, when Ananias and Sapphira went and sold land, it was theirs to sell. When Barnabas went and sold land to give to somebody in need, it was his to sell. Everyone didn't sell all their houses, all of their property, and become a a commune somewhere living out in the hills of San Bernardino. That's not what the Bible says. But with 3,000 new people in the church, was there some needs? There was. There was. And so this is an attitude of grace and and mercy and love to share. And it says they were all together. There was a unity there. They kept feeling a sense of awe and wonder. Many signs were taking place through the apostles. All those who believed were together and had all things in common. Now, they didn't all like broccoli. There's going to be people in heaven that don't like broccoli because I'm going to be there. They didn't like the same foods, dress the same. They didn't have the same cars. They didn't, have, didn't all like the same music style. That's not what he's saying. But they had everything in common. They knew they were brothers and sisters in Christ. They were mamas and daddies in the church. They were a family. Your family didn't have everything in common. Neither does mine. But they had Christ in common. So there was a unity there. Uh, everyone, it says... Nobody was left out. There was a commonality. They had one mind. Football team one time, the coach moved into town and he he wanted to inspire the team. So he had t-shirts. Everybody in town wore it. One heartbeat. The team needed to be unified. One heartbeat. And that's what was happening here. All those who believed were together, had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Notice what it says. And they're sharing It has not been uh, commandeered, taken away from them, uh, redistributed. That's not what it's talking about at all. It is willingness. And I have seen such generosity in my life. I've watched God's people be so generous. I have seen a need arise. And before we can even get the message out, those needs are met instantly. I've had people in my life that God's blessed with a lot of resources come to me privately. I'll never tell who I'm talking about. And they have said to me, Mike, if you know anyone in the church that truly has a need, you come to me. That's the difference Christ makes. They have unity. They're one body. All they that believe were together and had all things in common. So I want to ask you, are we... Keeping the main thing the main thing. Are we continuing the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer? Are we in awe at what God is doing, changing people's lives? Are we all together in unity? We don't don't all look alike and talk alike and came from the same place. But we have a unity, a oneness that the Holy Spirit makes. They shared to free other people's need and the burdens that other people had. And notice the next part of it, it says... Uh, They were sharing with them all, as anyone might have need, day by day, continuing one mind in the temple. This one will throw you for a loop. We used to have a lot of things uh, going on in the church where I was at before, and we have a lot of things going on in the Bible. But I had a lady one time, or or a person, a family, that got real upset, saying, uh, you're just going to ruin all those children because you just have them in church every day. They're just doing something in church every day. And every night, they're just doing something. Well, they weren't, but... We had a lot of things going on in the church. There's a lot of things going on at Denton Bible Church. We are not just supposed to be out there, come to church on Sunday night, see you again next Sunday night. We're supposed to be out there evangelistic, sharing the gospel, being salt and light. We're supposed to go in the world, but we're supposed to be together too. And so this church, day by day continuing in the temple, when I was young and I told somebody, yeah, I believe I'm called to be a preacher. And they said, oh, you're just this work one day a week. <laughs> little little did they know. So they were, they were busy. There were daily activities in the church. It was alive. It was alive inside the walls and outside the walls. Who were they? Day by day, continuing with one mind of the temple, breaking bread from house to house, You mean you visit? You mean you go to be in other people's homes? Uh, I constantly say, all of you are welcome to my house. And my wife's a very gracious woman. But sometimes after a service, she'll come to me and she'll say, what if they all show up at one time? (laughs) They did life together. They broke bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together. And notice what happened when they did that. When they lived like a family They took their meals together with gladness. God gave them joy. And I'm not talking about hilarity or just always having fun, being the life of the party. No. The Bible says, knowing Christ, there is joy unspeakable and full of glory. The Old Testament says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Weeping may endure through the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's going to be a time that we weep, seasons that we weep. But as we'll keep walking with Christ, there's going to be joy after that season of weeping. The scripture says, Jesus, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross. I've often thought, was that like I was looking straight toward the cross of Jesus? Jesus was looking at the cross and he kind of leaned aside to look past and see you and all of us here tonight. He for the joy set before him, What's coming afterwards? He endured the cross. Joy is a powerful thing. You want joy. And it said these people had it. Breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness. And that's the next thing, in sincerity of heart. When I introduce some of you to people that you've never known before, I often say these words, she's the real deal. He's the real deal. What do I mean by that? I mean that they're sincere. They're not playing church. They're not being fake. One of the greatest uh, compliments you can say about someone is that they're sincere. I had a person tell me, well, these people that ride on a bike and wear those white shirts and black ties and uh, they hand out those magazines, they're sincere too. I want to remind you, you can't be sincerely wrong, but God's people should be the most sincere Committed, devoted people. They did it with sincerity of heart. And notice the last verse 47. Praising God. If we as a church fail to praise God. uh, Where is Joel? What is that song? Uh, Is he worthy? He is. Is that the name of that song? Is he worthy? If y'all haven't listened to that, would you listen to it? In the book of Revelation, a book was there and they looked all throughout heaven. Who is worthy to open this book, to break its seals and open up that book? And and they began to weep because they said no one is worthy. And then they saw a lamb as though it had been slain. And the book was given to that lamb talking about Jesus And, and he opened that book and the angels of heaven sang that song. He is worthy. He is worthy. <clears throat> we need to praise God. Sometimes we get in Bible churches a little bit too stuffy. Can I say that? You know, there's times when you think, uh, nobody's raising their hand. I wonder if I could raise my hand. You go ahead and raise your hand if you mean it with all your heart. You don't let anybody stop that because we need to praise God. We need to thank Him for what He's done. Praising God, and then the last part, and having favor with all the people. We ought to grow in our relationship and our love for one another. Uh, When God is pleased, by the way, he blesses the church. He shows favor to us. Now, I know none of you who have children have a favorite child. If you do, don't tell them, please. But God does. God has favorites, and it's all of us he can show that favor perfectly without partiality to us all. They saw favor with all the people and the Lord, and notice this last part, and the Lord was adding to the church there to their number day by day, those who were being saved. Before we have communion, I want to walk through this passage one more time. Just the things that we have seen. Are we keeping the main thing, the main thing? Are we, we got to make sure we're still doing whatever we do in this year, 2022, someone said, I want to forget 2020, but this is named 2022. And it's, it's not a repeat of 2020. Are we keeping the main thing, the main thing they were devoted. You didn't have to worry about whether they're going to be in church You didn't have to worry about whether they're going to pray and they're going to love the Lord and they're going to support the church. You didn't have to worry whether they're reading their Bible and growing and learning and trusting and serving. They were devoted. Are we devoted? They continued in the the Word, the Bible, the teaching, the Apostles' Doctrine. If you ever see me or those that stand in this pulpit straying away from teaching God's Word, come to us because we've got to keep faithful to that. They continued in fellowship, and we need to have more fellowships uh, with this service, but fellowship is us just doing life together and being together. They continued in the sacrament of communion that we're about to experience. They continued praying. They were excited. They were unified. They were generous, ready to give and to help other people. They were busy. They were busy doing God's work. They were inside the building and outside the building. There was joy. There was sincerity. They were serious about the business of God. There was praise. There was praise. I've never been one in a service that raised my hand too much. It's okay to do that. But you know, I've done that my whole life when I'm alone, when I'm just talking to God. Because I know I owe him everything. And I want to praise him. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We need to continue in praise. We need to seek the favor of God. When God's happy, he blesses. And we need to seek that favor. We need to witness. There ought to be soul winning. Christ will win the souls if we share the gospel. And he added to the church daily. Daily. Should we be audacious enough to think that he would add to this service every day? Put your name on that list so we can email you and you can join praying with us and God will fill this room up. We had one heart. I pray that we would never let anything human or inhuman divide us. We may have differences of opinion about a lot of things, but they shouldn't divide us in Christ. We need to be unified with one heart, and we need to keep sharing our testimony, and God will give us his grace. Jesus said, I will build my church. And that's the kind of church he started. That's the kind of church he's still building. So you keep me in line, okay? You keep me in line. If I ever skip some of these, you just say, what about number 13? And I'll look it up on my notes and I'll say, you're right. I need to get busy doing that again. Keeping the main thing the main thing. We're going to have communion. If any of you, if Tony would like to come forward, please. And if you do not have the elements, would you raise your hand? And one of our guys could help uh, bring it to you. If you do not have the communion cup and the wafer, would you please raise your hand? While uh, they're, they're bringing those to you, I told you about that lady that 77 years old that we buried yesterday. She taught little children God's word in such a wonderful way. I I watched her many times. If children got louder, she got quieter. And I thought, that wouldn't work for me. But the quieter she got with the love that she showed them, those children just quieted down and they listened to her. And she taught them about Jesus for over 50 years. I honor her. Her name was Donna, and I'm so grateful. She knew how the church started. She knew the church Jesus was building, and now she's home. And Joel, one of these days, we're going to get there. We're not home yet, but we ought to have a little piece of home right here, what it's going to look like up there. So God bless you for being here, and a few hours before Jesus knew he was going to go to the cross, he gathers his disciples together and had what we call the last supper. It's not really the last one, because there's going to be a great one in heaven. And as he ate and drank with his disciples, he told them about what was going to happen to them. It's fitting that the Bible teaches us that the instructions for communion are found in the book of 1 Corinthians, written through the apostle Paul, who was not even there. God showed him what happened the night Jesus and his disciples ate that, that last meal on this earth. And one of the things that he told uh, that night was, you and I, as we remember Christ in this way, need to examine our own hearts. Examine yourself. And we're going to pray a prayer in just a moment. Tony's going to play. And I'm going to examine my heart. It's just simply to look inside and let Jesus examine, turn the light on. And if you're here tonight and you're not saved, this communion's not for you because it's it's for believers. If you're here tonight and you're a believer but you haven't been walking right with Jesus, that's what this prayer's for. Just come home, tell him you're sorry, let him wash you again and make you clean. If you're here tonight and you can say, by the grace of God, if I died this moment, I'm ready to be with Jesus. You thank him for that and then pray for everyone else here, would you please? Let's bow our heads in a few moments of silent prayer and then I will pray as we examine our own personal hearts. Pray with me. we're bowed before you here tonight we ask you to look deep inside that we might examine our heart and lord if there's anything in any way that we would bring to this communion table in an unworthy manner oh please take it away forgive us and empty us of ourselves fill us up with you forgive us where we failed you for we have often Lord, as we come to this bread and this cup, we ask you to bless each one of them in the same way that Jesus, Father, asked you that night to bless them. Please prepare our hearts now to partake of this communion. In Jesus' name.